You guys ready for a good morning? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Don and Penny are up in Kaitaia this morning, so I thought, good opportunity just to, to share something quickly with you guys. Um, you may or may not have noticed that Don Don's very competitive, okay? And he loves to win at everything and so forth, and, and because I'm his son, I love to beat him, okay? Because <laughs> I love competitive people, like I just switches switches my buttons, it's just like, if I see someone who's intense or that will get real aggro in a game, I'm like, sweet, that's the person I'm going to take down no matter what. I'm all about just bringing that person back to reality, just showing them that it's okay to lose and everything <laughs> like that. And one of, the, one of the comments that Don makes quite a lot that you guys may or may not have noticed is he will use me as an illustration a lot and say, Steve likes to beat me at everything, but he cannot beat me at golf. You guys heard that? Yeah. yeah, okay. So my brother came came back a couple of weeks ago, and we just went out for a game of golf as a family and stuff. And I just want to just, on the quiet, on the down low, <laughs> just let you know, you may never hear those words again. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay, just... You probably would have noticed last four weeks, he hasn't said it, okay? And the last four weeks, he probably hasn't talked about golf. So just be patient with him. It may come out in time as he, he gets back into it, but something went down that did not go well. So I'll just leave it with you guys to figure out the rest of it, but yeah, he will never say that comment again. So we're in. Hey, um. I had an awesome privilege of speaking last time about the power of my shoes. And I, I love sharing on this idea that each of you here has a gifting from God. And that each of us need to find who we are in God. And when we find who we are in God, we need to be smart about using those giftings in the community and in this world. That society will try to transform us into something, whereas God wants us to maybe be something different out in this world. And we talked about David and how what an awesome man of God David was. But what I love about David is he didn't take on the objects of everyone else or he didn't assume that he had to look like everyone else. And when it came to putting on the armor, David was like, no, this isn't me. See, David realized who he was in God and went out with a slingshot and some stones because that was the gifting that God had given him. And each of you have giftings here, and we're all called for a ministry. We're all called to make a difference outside these four walls. And like David, he stepped out with the gifting that he had been given and outworked it with intelligence. He realized how he could intertwine it into society, and he outworked it for God's kingdom. And the one thing that I noticed that stood out for David is that he knew who he was in God. He saw things completely different to everybody else. Everyone else saw the giants. Everyone else saw the circumstance. And no one would step out of their comfort zone, whereas David completely saw things differently. And that's what made him do what he did. He knew who he was in God, therefore saw things differently and outworked his calling from there. So this morning, I want to just look at Three amazing men in the Bible who saw things through God's eyes after they had an encounter with God. 
You see, when our vision changes, when we begin to see things the way God sees things, everything can change. Our world can absolutely change when we seek the face of God and allow him to speak and change who we are and the way we see our life and our world and our future. Amen? All right. So when I was younger, I know, you guys are thinking, no, he was, he's young still. Thank you. So anyway, when I was younger, we, I was in, in my prime of my school years and I went for my driver's license, as people do, and I failed. I know, and it's not because of my academic ability, because that was massive, and so it was to do with my eyesight, and so I failed, and I was gutted, and anyway, my parents were very loving parents, and, and I remember going out with my mum, and she spent a lot of money on a pair of glasses for me, and, and I was like, man, I was like, deep down, I was like, oh, mum, like, she was so good to me, and I knew there was no way I was going to wear those glasses. <laughs> and so you've got to realise I was in prime of my teenage years, okay? And now, now if, you're, if you're wondering and you wear glasses now, glasses are sexy now, okay? Glasses are amazing. I think they look so good. If I could, I'd wear them, but I can't. So anyway, back then, there was no way I was going to wear these glasses. And so I remember kind of just kind of sneaking them in my drawer, and every now and then I'd pull them out when mum was around and pull out a book or something and act like I was reading it with my glasses. But I never wore them. And I just carried on through life doing what I did until probably about five years ago, I realised I came to another situation where there was no way I was going to get through it without being able to see properly. And so I decided to, to jump in and have a meeting with the laser. Okay, and so I went down, and if anyone's had it done, it's a really amazing experience. And so they numb your eye up, and they give you heaps of strips and everything. Can you go in, and you're, you're, you can't see out of this side. I was only getting one eye done. And I lay on the, the table, and next thing, this laser kind of starts shining on your eye, and you can kind of see all these lights and stuff going crazy. And the next minute, you can just start to see smoke. And you're like, okay. I hope that's supposed to happen. And you can smell all this burning smell going on. And it's a very unusual experience. And so you can smell the burning as it's just doing whatever it's doing to your eyeball. And then, um, and then they let you out and they give you a patch and they say, you know, do not take your patch off for four days. And as soon as you walk out the door, you're like... <laughs> and it's seriously amazing what it does. Just like that. I could see things in a whole different perspective. I came back to life and everything was changed. I jumped in and started playing some sports again and man, the things changed. Cricket balls became watermelons, things like that. Everything just absolutely changed in my environment through the way I saw. And it was only through one little encounter with the laser. You see, there's three great men in the Bible that God needed to change their vision. See, each of them met with God, and it changed their perspective. I want to start off by looking at, at Moses in Exodus 3. If you guys got your Bibles, you can turn there. You guys might have to try and keep up with me, because there's a little bit of reading in here, so we're just going to get straight into it. Um, so anyway, Moses is at the bush, and he's just meeting with God. 
and he has this encounter with God. And at verse 10, it says, God says, I'm sending you to Pharaoh, for you will lead my people out of Egypt. Firstly, God has a specific plan for each of us here. Yes, God is into relationship, and God wants an amazing relationship with each of you here, but he also has a purpose for your time here on earth besides his relationship, that he has a plan for you. And he begins to spell this out to Moses, and he says, I'm sending you to Pharaoh, for you will lead my people out of Egypt. Interesting thing is that Moses has already been there, and in a way he's already tried that, and he's just like, oh, you could just imagine Moses going, excuse me, I've already been there, this is not me, this is not what I'm about, and God knows this, God knows Moses' weaknesses, and he starts to, starts to speak to Moses in a way that will just transform the way he sees things. And anyway, the first thing that Moses is spoken about, that God speaks to him about, is this. He says, I am the God of your ancestors. So straight away, God is just saying to reassure Moses, he's like, hold on a second. I know you're going to have some doubts about going back there, because I know you've been there and it didn't work out for you. But he's like, I want you to know, I am the God of your ancestors. I know your past. I've been there from the beginning. I know what's gone on. You see, sometimes we look at our lives and we look at our past and we think, man, how can God truly use me in the future with what has gone on before then? This morning, I want you guys to just to realize whatever has happened in the past does not determine or stop God from using you in the future. And for Moses, he just reassures him saying, hey, I know your past. I am the God of your ancestors. I know what's been before you. The second thing God tells Moses in verse 7 and 9, he says, I have seen the misery of my people. I've heard their cries. I'm aware of their suffering. In other words, I'm the God of your present. I'm the God of your now. I'm the God who sees your circumstances and what each of you are going through right here, right now. And God begins to just reassure Moses of who he is. The third thing that God uses to encourage Moses is the fact that he is the God of the future. In verse 10, he says, you will lead my people out of Egypt. You see, he knows the plans he has for Moses. See, God sees the past. God sees the present. And God also sees the future. And you can imagine Moses after just being reassured by God of who he is. And that God is there in the past, the present, and it doesn't determine his future, that God still sees his future. Moses is just like, sweet, let's do this. Let's go to Pharaoh and let's just conquer this because I know you are with me. Moses is nothing like that. Okay, Moses is pretty much... Maybe, maybe you guys aren't like that, but I am. I'm just like, thank you, God, for being the God of my past, the present, and the now. But there's still so much more stuff going on. You see, after Moses hears all this, he just starts to look at himself again. 
The thing is, firstly, the first thing I kind of pick up here is that we need to see ourselves firstly the way God sees us. See, this is what is stopping Moses straight away from going out and being excited about God's calling on his life is because he doesn't see himself the way God sees him. And Moses says to God in verse 11, he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So God just reassures him again. He says this, he says, So, he said, I will certainly be there with you. I'll be accomplished by God, not you. It will be. So here's the thing. God will accomplish what he wants to do in his strength, not our own strength. This is a thing we kind of start to need to remember when we are going out and doing what God's called us to do, that it is always going to be in his strength, not our strength. And Moses is being reminded here, hey, it's not about you. When I've called you to something, it's about me working through you. And then in verse 4, Moses answers and says, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He sees the rod and he throws it down. God sees the little things. God is still interested in the small things. And when we look at these plans and these purposes that God has on our lives, we can so often just say, hey, but what about this little thing? What about that? And God straight away to Moses is like, excuse me, I'm here. I can sort out the small things. Just get on with what I've called you to do. And by this stage, Moses is probably pumped, but he's still not. And then he says to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? In other words, Moses, come on. Who's made your mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord Now therefore go, and I'll be your mouth and teach you what you shall say. And in verse 13, Moses, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. And Moses, after all this, after being God saying, hey, I am the God of your past, the present, and the now. I am the God who is going to sort out the small things. I am the God who is with you. I'm the one who created you. I can just speak through your mouth. I can do all these amazing things. Moses is still going, oh, Please send someone else. And luckily, God is a patient God. And in this passage, he says, oh, okay, here's Aaron. Go with him or whatever. And so and I would be kind of like, just get out the door and do it. I've just told you everything you need to know. But here's the thing. God encounters change the way we see things. When Moses had that time with God, in the end, He walked out of that place and he went and did what God had called him to do because something changed in his view and in his thought pattern that he realized he was able to do all that God had called him to do. You see, sometimes our past can distort the way we look at our future. Sometimes our present situation, sometimes the walls around us can distort God's view on our lives and what God wants us to do. People can change the way we see things. Maybe you've been labeled things your life, you've been spoken to about certain things, and without realizing it, it just changes the way we see things. 
life, we can lose our confidence. And without realizing it, we can lose who God actually says each of us are. But it's in these moments when we meet with God that something begins to change in the way we see, firstly, ourselves. The second thing is that when we meet with God, He changes the way we see our circumstances. You see, Joshua was was an amazing man of God, and he had been with Moses, and so he's seen all these amazing things. Okay, so you could imagine living in that time with Moses and seeing everything that was going on. You can't deny that God's not with you. He's just seen so many amazing things. And so Joshua would be just pumped on the things of God and just saying, hey, I know God is with us. But yet I love the fact that God still has to meet with him face to face to change the way he sees something. And we see in Joshua 5, God wants to change the way he sees his circumstance right there, right then. You see, how often do we have walls that we just look at and go, oh man, no way. I can't see myself getting through that, or I can't see that situation ever changing. And this morning, I want you to know that we need to seek God's face, because when we see him face to face, and we meet in his presence, he can change the way we see our now, our present, and our circumstances. So in Joshua 5.13, it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was securely shut up. Because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And you could imagine Joshua just looking at this wall. And if you guys know the story, it's supposed to be like, I don't know, like 18 chariots that can, can go round the top of it because it's that thick. And there's just this idea that, man, there's no way we're going to penetrate it. There's no way through it. And I love what happens when God meets with him face to face and begins to change his vision. And it says there, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho into your hands. And I couldn't imagine Joshua just standing there just going, Oh, okay. And as he looks at these walls, he's just suddenly like, Okay, God, I can now see it the way you see it. Nothing is impossible. I can now see these walls, these circumstances that are in front of my life with God in the picture. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes back to his tribe and begins to just tell them, hey, we're going to take this now. God has shown me. He's told me to see it in a different light and that it is all possible. You see, the circumstances that we face can so often look impossible. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you are in situations like that, please seek God's face. Because when we're in his presence, 
he can completely change the way we see our now. You see, our impossible can suddenly become our impossible can suddenly become possible when we see it the way God sees it. I love the fact that these men of God, when they're in God's presence, when they're face to face with God, it's all about seeing things differently. This is kind of this pattern that goes on here. Is that when you actually spend time in God's presence, He begins to change the way we see things. I, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of the Word of God and delving into it and just going into it and learning so much about it. It is living and it is present and it is amazing. But this morning, can I please, church, encourage you, no matter who you are or where you are with your walk with God, that we still need to seek His face. We still need these encounters with God. We still need to spend time in His presence. And there's times and there's seasons when we can read the Word of God just for the sake of reading it. But when we're in His presence and when we're actually seeking His face and we're reading the Word, God will speak and enlighten stuff the seasons in our life and He will shine upon things that are right there, right now, especially for us. We see when God speaks to us face to face, just changes the way we can sometimes see things. Jeremiah, thirdly, was set aside before birth to take a message to the nations. Powerful prophet. He just couldn't see it. He just couldn't see it. And Jeremiah 1, verse 4 it says, it, says this. it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You notice straight away God's back to kind of just reassuring him of who he is. As soon as he meets with God again, he's just like, Hey, I know who you are, I know your past, I know your circumstances, and I know your future. And God's just starting to remind him again. It's like, come on, come on. Start to see things the way I see it. And then I said, oh, Lord God, truly I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go everywhere that I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. It's kind of this little bit there. It's kind of like God's just straight away again reminding him that God's in control. He's like, touches his mouth and says, hey, remember, it's by my strength, not yours. When God calls you into something that seems impossible, he's probably calling you. Because that's where God can shine through when you can't do things in your own ability. And he just reminds him there and he's just like, his hand and touch his mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, in verse 10, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And God is basically going to Jeremiah, Come on, begin to see it. Change your perspective again. Can you please see it with me in the picture? Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, 
What do you see? I love the fact that God just suddenly asked him to start to see things after he's just told him, come on, what do you see? And so he tests Jeremiah out and he's like, what do you see? And he says, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'll hasten my word to perform it. And he carries on. God goes further into depth in it. Man, I just want to just reiterate on what I said before. You see, Jeremiah saw correctly, right? But then God just goes in further and starts to say, hey, come on. There's even more to what you see with me in the picture. You see, when we read his word, if we're just doing it for the sake of doing it, God wants us to be doing it in his presence. He wants us to be seeking his face while we're doing these things because it's there, a timely word, a timely season that God will bring stuff out into our lives and he'll reiterate and he'll go further into something that may just seem pretty simple, but it'll be a word and season for you and your time and what you're going through. When we come face to face with God, everything begins to change. In verse 18, I love this. It says, For indeed I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and a bronze wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the officials, against the priests, and against the people of the land. They will fight against you, but you will not prevail against, they will not prevail against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. And Jeremiah, I believe, after hearing that, everything just changes. He'll just be like, whoa, I'm a fortified city. All of a sudden, Jeremiah can probably picture himself the way God sees him. See, God is just like downloading stuff into his life going, this is who I actually see you as. This is the future that I see for you. And Jeremiah is probably sitting there, shoulders just down, huddled over, just going, oh man, And then as God speaks those last words into his life, it says, For indeed I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and a bronze wall against the whole land. You can see Jeremiah probably just start to lift. His head begins to lift probably, and he begins to realize, hey, I can do this with God in the picture. Everything changes when you see things the way God sees them. If I could just grab the music team. You see, Jeremiah begins to see who he is in God. Then he begins to see his circumstances. Then God by his side, he begins to see his future. I love the fact that God is ever-present. That God is here right now in this place with us. That God knows our past. God knows our now. And God definitely knows our future. Like all these men of God that did amazing things in the Bible, they all struggled to see themselves firstly the way God did. 
They looked at themselves, they saw their past, they saw whatever their circumstances were, and they definitely did not see the future that God saw for them. They all saw things through their own eyes. And it wasn't until these men sat down or came face to face with God that their vision completely changed. Their perspective of their future, their perspective of their now, the perspective of their past just began to get changed. What may have been blurry in their sight just began to get aligned with God and all of a sudden they began to see themselves the way God saw them. You see, I am a massive believer that when we can see things the way God sees things, everything can change. Sometimes we've just got to learn to see. See, we will never realize our true potential until we see our lives with God in the picture. Too often we just look at life and we forget who God says we are. We forget He's the God of the past. It doesn't matter about your past. God's still got a future. God's the God of the now. Your circumstances, your walls that you're facing right now, your struggles. Can I just remind you, He's the God of the now. If you can't see your future, you can't see what God's got for you down the road and you think maybe these things will never be accomplished because of your past and now, may I tell you, He's the God of the future. He sees it. He sees so much potential. He sees amazing things for each of us here. God sees our past. God sees our present. And God sees our future. When we begin to see ourselves the way Christ does, we begin to see our circumstances through His eyes. We see ourselves through His eyes, and then we see our future through His eyes. I chucked up a picture this morning, and I hope you guys can just think about this. The idea behind it is that as we look to the heavens, as we look to meet with God face to face, it's like we're starting to put on these glasses. We begin to put on our future. We begin to see things in a whole different light as we take our eyes from our now and put them on our God who sees all things in a completely different way. When you see your future in the light of what God says about you, it produces irresistible momentum in that direction. When we see things the way God sees them, it creates momentum in the direction that God sees things. 
this morning, my heart for the message was really that no matter who you are or what you are or how old you are, that we would still seek His face. That we would make room in our lives to meet with the King of Kings. That we would make time to spend in His presence. Because that, my friend, I believe is where everything changes. When we step into times and when we spend our lives in Him. I know it's it's easy sometimes to just go through life and go through motions and go through the things and jump into the Word and make sure you're doing your Bible readings and doing everything right. And what I love about hanging out with the youth is that I realize that there's so much more to it than just that, that these young people are so keen to actually meet with God. And we are never too old to stop and go, God, speak to me face to face. I want to spend some time in your presence. I want everything to begin to change the way I see my life, the way I see my circumstances and the way I see my future because this is where men of God, their whole lives begin to change when they meet with God. It's crazy. And it was all about seeing. See, when we're in God's presence, we see things so differently. And this morning, if you are here and you need to see things just differently this morning, and I want to allow time for you just to just to meet with God because everything changes when we're in His presence you may be here this morning and you don't see your future you don't know what it's like to see things with God in the picture full stop and I just want to ask this church if we could just just close our eyes And you might be here in this place and you do not know what it's like to have an amazing future ahead of you. You do not know what it's like to know that God is there with you. That someone is cheering you on. That someone wants to do life with you. This morning, if you are here in that place and you can't see that, you've never met God. And I want to just give this opportunity this morning that God wants to do life with you. He wants an amazing future for you. If you are here and you just in the service are just sensing, hey, I need God in my life. I need a future. I need a plan. I need a purpose for what I'm doing in my life. Then if you are here and that is you, please just where you're seated, just raise your hand before me, before God. If you're here and you say, yeah, I need God, just where you are, raise your hand. No one's looking around. Thank you, I see that hand. Is there anyone else here this morning that you just say, hey, I need God. I need to see Him in my circumstances. Thank you. Thank you over there. Is there anyone else here this morning you need to know what it's like to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords by your side directing your past, directing your steps and directing your future and secondly this morning I want to make room for those that 
Yes, you know what it's about. But maybe you're just really struggling to see things the way God wants you to see things. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, we need these encounters with God. We need to learn to see life in a whole new perspective. Just as the team begins to play, I'll just ask if everyone could just stand. And if the ministry team could please come forward. I know it's scary, but those that raised your hand this morning, if, if you could please just come forward and I would like to just ask our guys to just pray with you. Just to stand with you and just say, yep, Let's do this. I want to introduce you to God. I want God to be a part of your future. We are excited about seeing people do life with God. And if you raise your hand, please, if you could just be bold enough to just step out of your seats and come forward, that would be awesome. And as we just begin to worship God this morning, if you just need to see God and a whole new perspective, if you just need to see your future, if you just need to see your now, if you need to see that your past does not determine your future. And to be honest, even if you think you see everything perfectly, you still need to see God's face. We all need to make time for God's presence to readjust, to re-clarify, and to bring our sight into line with Him. Father, we just thank You for this morning. Father, we just thank You that You are the God of our past and now and our future, Lord. And God, I just ask that this morning, if anything, that we would go out from this place and we would seek Your face. We would never get content with doing life in our own strength. That we would realize, Father, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter how old we are, no matter what we've been through, we need to seek your face, to realign who we are in you, God, and what you see for us.